0: Hey, bet you liked that, didn't you? <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm like some old ratty professor. You notice that? More and more these days. I was thinking about shaving my head a while back, but I figured if i show up, nobody would even know me. Plus, I'd be about seven inches shorter, so I, f- I figured I should probably not do that. So let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. That would probably be a good idea with all my weird microphone stuff. <clears throat> Father, we just thank you tonight that you're here in this place and that you want to speak to our hearts. And Lord, it's important that you speak to our hearts. The Bible says we don't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And Lord, whether we realize it or not tonight, we need you to speak to us. We need you to open our hearts. We need you to give us understanding. We need you to show us the way of life. We need you to help us even believe that you are the way of life, that there is a way of life and a way of death. So guide this night, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight, this message is entitled, Is There a Right Way... And a wrong way to live. And I'd like you to ponder that question. Is there a right way and a wrong way to live? You know, we live in a day and age where it seems like just about everything's acceptable. And nobody wants to pass judgment on anybody else. And everybody's choices are equal to everyone else's. I don't know if you read this today. Again, you probably don't read as often as I do or as much, and that's okay. You probably have better things to do. But um <clears throat> just a few weeks ago, the creators of South Park, they were going to come out with a little sketch about the prophet Muhammad. But they got threatened on some obscure website that they might be killed, so they they took it off. And then recently there was a <clears throat> some conversations going on with some of the Hollywood bigwigs about Islam and on another show and they got word of that and their lives were threatened and now as of today Hollywood is steering clear of this taboo topic but you probably read that a comedy central is going to be doing a whole show and sketch on Jesus Christ and making fun of him and mostly because us Christians don't go around blowing up people you know cutting off their heads with dull knives but everything's acceptable, right? There's no right or wrong. And I was thinking about this in light of this. Let me ask you this question. And I really want you to think about this for a moment. Because <clears throat> if you come into the hallowed ha- halls of this school, or many other schools throughout the United States, you would find out that um, we're not supposed to pass judgment. So i was just wondering why everyone passed judgment on Tiger Woods for 11 affairs. I mean, what's wrong? The guy's got needs. And his blonde Norwegian model wife, I guess she couldn't meet them. So he had 11 affairs. And I'm wondering, was it wrong for everybody to judge Tiger? Maybe he's just misunderstood. Was it right or wrong for Ellen to divorce him? Now, I was thinking about Sandra Bullock. Now, what about Jesse James and Bombshell McGee? See, I read off on this stuff. That's why I'm so relevant, because I know what's going on in this world you and I live in right now. And so I'm ask myself, well, was Sandra Bullock right or wrong to not give Jesse another chance? Was he right or wrong while she was off filming a blindside to be having these affairs? Then, of course, if you were really current, you saw that Lawrence Taylor, the Hall of Fame great, was arrested yesterday for allegedly raping a 16-year-old girl who he paid and admitted to federal authorities that he paid to have sex with. Was it right or was it wrong? That's a good question. Of course, you know, there is one thing that you know for sure is really wrong today. And that's a commercial I saw just before I came today that makes smokers look like they're the worst thing since Nazis. I mean, smoking is the worst. At least, you know, we get some agreement on smoking. Or is it really just what society decides is the flavor of the month? You know, do you notice that... I just have to say this. I just have to ask this. Okay, so Tiger Woods has 11 affairs. And I agree that they're all wrong. But did anybody write an article about the audacity of these women to have an affair with a married man? I mean, there were thousands upon thousands of articles written about how horrific Tiger Woods was, but who wrote any article about a woman having the audacity to knowingly have an affair with a married man? must be okay for them. I don't know. There's so many mixed messages in our society. Let me read you something I got offline today. How many of you know what the World Cup is? Anybody? Okay, well, there's a few informed people here in this otherwise dense audience. The World Cup is the single biggest sporting event In the world. Yes, bigger than the Super Bowl and the World Series combined. So this year, does anybody know where it's at? South Africa. So even President Jacob Zuma, he's the president of South Africa, himself a polygamist, a father of at least 20 children, and an infamous Condom skeptic isn't taking any frivolous chances with the World Cup during his official visit to the United Kingdom in March. He asked the government of Britain to supply one billion extra condoms to South Africa for the upcoming tournament. Conscientious president that he is in view of the many. This was seen as progressive move from a president who doesn't exactly lead by example. Just last week, Zuma announced his HIV test came back negative, although he has admitted to having unprotected sex with women other than his four wives. Others rolled their eyes at South Africa, shooting itself in the foot again by promoting itself as a country that encourages sex, tourism, and prostitution. Either way... Britain responded by sending 42 million condoms, a number sufficient to supply almost every citizen of South Africa with one condom or every tourist expected to travel there with 100. Still, some fear that exposing so many rowdy soccer watchers in such a high infection risk area might result in an increase of HIV rates upon their return to Europe. A Congolese prostitute who goes by the name of Scarlett and works on Long Street arrived here last month and will stay in Cape Town for at least a few months or maybe permanently, if God allows, she said. She wears a blank tech top with the logo, Bafana Bafana, the name of South African national soccer team, the boys. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Is there a right and is there a wrong way to live? And as you look out in the world that you and I live in, is it fair to say that there are literally millions upon millions of multiplied broken lives because of the terrible and tragic choices that people make? Do you know that, quite frankly, (laughs) they go on to say later in this article, I just didn't copy all of it, this is from today, written by a woman in Johannesburg in the paper in South Africa. It goes on to write that men hate wearing condoms. Yes, they do. <clears throat> but you ask yourself, how much does 42 million condoms cost? And who's rolling in the dough? Because of this kind of promotion. You see, have you ever, have you ever stopped to, to, to think to yourself... That all of this stuff that goes on in our world, and all of this clouding and and, and, and skewing of what's right and what's wrong, actually is a booming industry. Actually, someone's getting very, 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 very rich off the promotion of this kind of behavior. By the way, Well, I'll get to this in a moment. So we ask ourselves the question. We need to ask ourselves the question. Is there a right way and is there a wrong way to live? Is there a wise way and is there a foolish way to live? Are there smart people in the world? Are there dumb people in the world? Are there behaviors? Are there choices that people make that are highly destructive? Well, as I said earlier, It seems like society has agreed that smoking is destructive. And it seems like the only thing that anybody's willing to make someone feel a sense of shame for is if they're a smoker. And the TV commercials just don't seem to have any problem making you feel bad, like the commercial I saw tonight of a mother with a robe walking holding her hand of her blonde cute little three year old girl walking down the hall with a tank behind her and the announcer saying that this year last year smokers cost Minnesota health care three billion dollars and oh at the end the little girl is sitting on a chair by herself as the announcer says and it cost this young girl her mother's life I just find it very interesting they're oh, okay, okay, so we agree, or at least some people decided to agree, that smokers are bad, smoking is bad, and you're hurting the rest of us. Stop it. You can't smoke in a restaurant. You can't smoke here. You can't smoke there. And it's really cold out. Go way over there and smoke out there. But, my friends, there's a lot of other things. There's a lot of other things That are highly destructive, costing us billions and billions of dollars, ruining people's lives. And the Bible tells us about them. Let me explain something to you about love. The Bible says God loves the world. The Bible says that God loves us. Part of God's love is to speak truth to us. Part of God's love is revealed in the fact that He tries to warn us, to guide us, to give us instructions and commands for living. God is the designer. He is the creator of life. He is the creator of human beings. He created man. He created woman. He created marriage. He created children. He created relationships. And God knows what is best for you and I. He knows what's best for us. He knows what's good for our mind. He knows what's good for our body. He knows what's good for our soul, our emotions. He knows what's good for us. God has never tried ever to keep something from you except that which would hurt you. Just like a parent who would love their child, would genuinely try to guide their child away from smoking. But there's a lot of other things that a parent who loves their child would try to guide them away from. I'd like to read something to you out of the book of Psalms. And I know that a number of you in house church are going through Psalms, so I thought I would go ahead and repeat the first part of Psalm 119. You're blessed when you stay on course, walking steadily on the pathway revealed by God. You're blessed when you follow his directions, doing your very best to find his ways. That's right. You don't have to go off on your own way. You walk straight along the road God has set. You, God, prescribed the right way to live. Now you expect us to live it. Oh, that my steps might be steady, keeping to a course you set. Then I would never have any regrets in comparing my life with your counsel. I thank you for speaking straight from your heart. I learned the pattern of your righteous ways. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Don't ever walk off and leave me a God. How can a young person live a right life? By carefully following the map of your word, the Bible. I am single-minded in my pursuit of you, God. Don't let me miss the road signs you have posted. I've banked your promises in the vault of my heart, so I will not sin myself bankrupt. Be blessed, God. Train me in your ways of wise living. I'll transfer to my lips all the counsel that comes from your mouth. I delight far more in what you tell me about living than in gathering a pile of riches. I ponder every morsel of wisdom from you. I attentively watch how you've done it. I relish everything you tell me of life. I will not forget your word. <clears throat> Psalm 119 of course goes on for another about 130 verses. To just reiterate this theme over and over again. Psalm 119 verse 66 says, 56 says, This is my happy way of life. Obeying your commands. <clears throat> this is my happy way of life. You know, Most of us here, probably all of us actually, probably all of us, we have someone or maybe many someones in our lives, relatives, maybe family members who are divorced. There are many of us in this room who watch firsthand how selfishness Self-centeredness destroyed the marriages of people that we loved. And if they didn't outright destroy the marriage of the person that we love, they at least tainted it. They impacted it. They corrupted it. They corroded it. They made it unhappy and maybe in our own very own home. We didn't enjoy our upbringing because of the choices that we watched a mother and or a father make over and over and over again. And yet God never intended marriage to be a prison. God never intended marriage to be a living hell. The Bible says, in fact, that God hates divorce. And how many lives in this room were personally impacted by the brokenness of In their own family. And we see firsthand the consequences of sin. Do you know what sin means? It means to miss the mark. It means to go off on our own direction. It was a term used in archery. You shoot at the target and it was a sin. The arrow missed the target. The Bible says in Proverbs, There is a way which seems right unto man, but it ends in death. And we look out in the world that we live in today and we see men and women going their own way in almost every area of their life. Whether it's their finances, whether it's their emotional life, whether it's their relational life, whether it's their sexual life. They go their own way. They go their own way. They go their own way. When the Bible says that you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength, God is not some sadistic, self-centered God who says, worship me or die. God is saying it for our own good. He's saying, look, love me with all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Because if you don't love me, you'll love the wrong things. And as you love the wrong things, they will destroy your life. And that's what happens in the world we live in. That's what happens in the world we live in. I mean, I, I, I did not read, I want you to know this, I did not read with pleasure what has happened to Tiger Woods. I did not read with pleasure what happened to Lawrence Taylor. <clears throat> but let me read you something from the book of Proverbs. I just want you to listen to this for just a moment. Wisdom shouts in the street. She cries out in the public square. She cries out along the main street. And to those in front of the city, you simple-minded, she cries. How long will you go on being simple-minded? This is God speaking, okay? This is a personification of God. This is allegory speaking. God's word cries out to us. <clears throat> How long will you mockers relish mocking? I called you so often, but you won't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my advice. You've rejected the correction I offered. So I will laugh when you're in trouble. I will mock When disaster overtakes you, when you are overwhelmed with distress, I will not answer when you cry. Even though you anxiously search for me, you won't find me. Once you neglect wisdom for so long, you won't find it. For they hated knowledge and they did not choose to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice and paid no attention when I corrected them. That is why they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way. They must experience the full terror of the path they've chosen, for they are simpletons who turn away from me to death. They are fools, and their own complacency will destroy them, but all who listen to me will live in peace and safety, unafraid of harm. I don't know if you know this, but there is right and wrong sex. I'll just talk about this for just a moment tonight. There's a right way for sex. There's a wrong way for sex. The wrong way really hurts you. And I'd like to read you for just a moment what Proverbs says. (coughs) My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen carefully to my wise counsel. Then you will learn to be discreet and store up knowledge. The lips of an immoral woman are as sweet as honey. And her mouth is smoother than oil. But the result is bitter as poison. Sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave for she does not care about the path of life. Son, listen to me. Never stray from what I say to you. Run from her. Don't go near the door of her home. If you do, you'll lose your honor and hand over to merciless people everything you have achieved in life. Strangers will obtain your wealth and someone else will enjoy the fruit of your labor. Afterwards, you will groan in anguish when disease consumes your body and how you will say how I hated discipline if only I had not demanded my own way. Oh, why didn't I listen to my teachers? Why didn't I pay attention to those who gave me instruction? I have come to the brink of utter ruin and now I must face public disgrace. Drink water from your own well. Share your love only with your wife. Why spill the water of your spring in public, having sex with just anyone? You should reserve it for yourselves. Don't share it with strangers. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing. Do you rejoice in the wife of your youth? She is a loving doe, a graceful deer. Let her breast satisfy you always. May you always be captivated by her love. Why be captivated by an immoral woman? or embrace the breast of an adulterous woman. For the Lord sees clearly what a man does, examining every path he takes. An evil man is held captive by his own sin. They are ropes that catch and hold him. He will die for lack of self-control. He will be lost because of his incredible folly. The first seven chapters of Proverbs over and over and over again warn a man against an immoral woman. But they do more than that. They tell us what healthy sex is. And healthy sex is monogamous sex between a husband and a wife. God created sex for a husband and a wife. And in the bonds of marriage between a husband and a wife, God puts no restraints on the joy and the expression of their sexual relationship. And yet, everywhere we look, Everywhere we are looking in our society today, just before I came today, I was reading just the most recent report. Sex is downhill for those 45 and older. Unless you're me, it's actually uphill. It's actually better now than when I first married. And I'm an old man. I'm one of those old people Jason was talking about. Thank you, Jason, very much. Yes, I will be at Unite. <clears throat> But for most people who have ignored the Word of God... Did you know? One of the reasons why that sex is going downhill for most people 45 and older is because, it says, one of the things in the survey done by thousands of people (coughs) is they don't take care of themselves anymore and they don't give each other time. They don't give each other time. But the Bible actually instructs a wife and a husband in Corinthians. It says this. Husbands, do not withhold sexual love for your wife because your body is not your own. And wives, do not withhold sexual love from your husband because your body is not your own. It's his. God cares very much about our sexual fulfillment. God is not some prude. God's the one who made it. (coughs) We think to ourselves, you know, I can't talk about sex around God. Really? Surprise. God made it. (coughs) I just wish you could have been there when God made Adam. And then God made Eve. And he woke Adam up to this naked woman standing in front of him. (laughs) She was naked. They didn't have clothes. You need to read your Bible. <laughs> they didn't have clothes. I'm sure this is a very special moment. <laughs> I won't say much more. <laughs> but you know what happens? What happens is, sometime I'm going to do a series on this, but I'm going to tell you right now. Almost everything you have heard in this world, almost is an absolute lie. An absolute lie and a an distortion of the truth on almost every topic imaginable on relationships, on sex, on global warming, on evolution, all the big themes. All the big topics on disciplining children, on how to bring up children, on how to run your marriage. They've all lied to you. They've lied to you. Jesus said the devil comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil's name means deceiver, liar. He is a liar. He was a liar from the beginning, and he's a liar today. And so what you have happened is you have (coughs) all these men and women who before they're married, they've slept around. They've slept around and sex is very cheap. There was no real love involved often. Sometimes there was love, fleeting love. But if you're a girl, you don't really know if the guy loves you or he loves sex with you. You don't know if I didn't put out, would he stay with me? You just don't know. And you're always off guard. And then you give your heart to the guy and you give your body to the guy. And then he moves on for someone he considers more attractive. And so then one day you get married. And I guarantee you, because this is part of what I do for a living, is help people. You have sexual problems you got trust issues in your marriage. you got body image issues in your marriage. And, and all of a sudden, this beautiful gift that God gave you to enjoy, for you to be able to have confidence in, you don't have any. And all of a sudden, this guy's behavior, which is natural, he becomes passionate about you because you're his wife. You view it as lust. And you're just like all those other guys. And all you want from me is something. And now there's this wall. And you've got to overcome that wall. And it's and it's difficult. <clears throat> and then you're this guy, and you've gotten so used to just viewing women <clears throat> as the sum total of their body parts and that it's very difficult for you to see her as a person, as a soul, as an individual who's worthy of respect. And so you have problems. A lot of problems. And our world is broken. It's broken. I take marriage. The Bible has a lot to say about marriage. It's a big mistake in a marriage for a man to be the woman and the woman to be the man. Boy, that's getting personal, Mark. Well, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. What God says. God gives us assigned roles. Let, let's just say it would be the same kind of quarterback, the same kind of problem that you would have if the quarterback decides he wants to be the center and the center wants to be the quarterback. ain't going to work. They have a different skill set. They're designed differently. God designed you and I differently. You can get mad at God or you can cooperate with God. You can go your own way from God or you can submit to God because God made you to get the most out of this life based on how he designed you and how he made you. God gives a specific way to raise our children. He gives us specific tools to raise our children. He tells fathers to bring their children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. (coughs) He tells fathers to shoulder that responsibility. Fathers ought to be the spiritual leader of their families. I'll tell you a really interesting statistic. <clears throat> when you have a family that does not know Christ, a mom and dad and children, when the mother comes to know Christ, usually about twenty percent of the time, <clears throat> she's able to lead the rest of her family to Christ. <clears throat> when you have a teenager in the family that comes to Christ, you see about. of the time, they can lead the rest of their family members to Christ. When you have a father that comes to Christ, first, 94% of the time, that father ends up leading his wife and children to Jesus Christ. Because God designed a father to lead his family. And God gives him a responsibility to lead and to guide and to mold and to train their children. And yet, millions upon millions of fathers ignore that advice finances the bible gives us all kinds of advice on finances it gives us wisdom on our finances in fact the bible tells us in timothy that godliness with contentment is great gain i was now don't take this wrong because i'm not saying it's it's wrong at all to make improvements on your house I, i'm not it's not wrong I was sitting in my house today, and uh, my wife was gone, uh, running some errands. <coughs> and I was sitting up on a couch, and I had on my guitar, and I didn't put my guitar on the couch, and I just began to look around the room. <clears throat> and I said, you know, Lord, you know, I'm just having this conversation with God. I know it's going to seem dumb to you, but I have dumb conversations with God. I said, you know, Lord, I want to thank you that you've given me and Kathy contentment. Because, you know, Lord, this carpet right here that my feet are, it's 23 years old, Lord. And, you know, Lord, these walls in here, that wall right there, we, we painted that wall, half that wall my friend painted. That was 11 years ago now, Lord. You know, Lord, thank you. Thank you for teaching me about contentment. Lord, I really like this house. Lord, thank you for this house. Lord, those cupboards right there on the wall, well, those are 23 years old, Lord. Nothing's been done to them. I mean, they've been dusted. Thank you, Lord, for those cupboards. And I I just began walking to the house, (coughs) just thanking the Lord. Godliness with contentment is great gain. The Bible tells us that. You know the number one reason people paint the inside of their house? Home Depot did a survey. The average is about every four years is because people are tired of the color. Now, I'm not saying, I want you to know this, I'm not saying it's wrong to paint your house or paint the inside of your house or whatever. I'm just trying to illustrate to you that in our society... We have a very difficult time being content because all, all the, whether it's the auto industry or the computer industry or the TV industry or the furniture industry, it's just pumping out, pumping out, pumping out stuff, pumping out stuff, pumping out stuff. Why? To get into your pocketbook, to get on your credit card. <clears throat> so you can have the latest or the greatest or whatever else is out there. And yet, when you look at your life and you look at the life of your loved ones whose lives are filled with all these possessions, are they genuinely more happy, more content, or is their life filled with more stress if you know what their bills were really? And if you saw their private life when they're not around you with their smile, you would find it's just what the Bible says. If they're more stressed They're more under the gun because they're not living life God's way. The Bible goes into relationships. You know how many people today are seeing psychologists for one simple reason? Because they're bitter and resentful and they've been unwilling to forgive those who wronged them. So we got this whole industry... Not all, not every psychologist, but lots and lots of people seeing people who they could stop seeing if they took the advice of God and they experienced the forgiveness of God and then forgave those who wronged them. Today, I was reading an article. I read these articles so you understand how the Bible relates to real life. In Chicago right now. The number one cause of death, actually it's in the whole United States, but Chicago's the illustration. The number one cause of death between of black males 18 to 34 years old is murder. <clears> the <throat> number one cause of death. And they were interviewing, uh, <clears throat> actually 9%, excuse me, the majority of all the murders in Chicago happen in 9% of the geographical area of Chicago. They know exactly where. So they put most of their cops there. Well, they were interviewing these former gangbangers, and this particular uh, person was a girl, woman. And she's become what's known as a um, violence interrupter. And basically what happens is there's a gang killing, somebody's killed, then there's a revenge killing for that, then there's a revenge killing for that, then there's a revenge killing for the revenge killing for the previous revenge killing. And it goes on and on and on and on and on. And it's tragic and it's terrible and it's awful. And so this young woman was talking about how she goes in and she tries to help them settle it in nonviolent ways. You know what the Bible says? It says, don't return evil for evil or insult for insult, but give a blessing instead Do to others what you would want them to do to you. Uh, Imagine what would happen in our world today if those two principles were obeyed. Imagine what would happen in your relationships, whether you're with roommates or with your mother who's celebrating this Mother's Day, or a father or other relatives or siblings or friends, (coughs) if you were to simply apply those two commands of Jesus in your relationships. Or think of the verse in Ephesians that says. Make allowance for one another's faults because of your love. And forgive just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. My friends, listen. There is a prosperity of spirit and emotions that come from obeying the word of God. And there is also terrible consequence that comes in life. your spirit and your emotions from not obeying the word of God. I'd like to invite you back over the next several weeks because we're going to get into this more. But in preparation for that, I'd like you, along with your house church, to read Psalm 119. I'd like you to really think about the direction of your life and ask yourself this question. Is there a right and a wrong way to live? And am I living the right way? Father, I just thank you tonight. For each person here, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. The Bible says your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. The Bible says when we know the truth, the truth will set us free. Lord, there's a lot of people in our world today who are in bondage to lies. Lies, and those lies have affected our attitudes and our actions and our thinking and our emotions and our behaviors. And we just pray, oh God, that you set people free. Open our eyes to understand the wealth of your truth. In Jesus' name, amen.